Hi, my name is Reese Wells. My pronouns are he, him, his, and this is the Counseling Connection Podcast. Okay, no housekeeping today. Our podcast topic is expressive arts therapy with Dr. Karen Caldwell as our guest. Karen Caldwell, PhD, LMFT, REAT, also known as a REIT, is a professor in the Department of Human Development and Psychological Counseling at Appalachian State University. She holds a PhD in Family and Child Development from Virginia Tech, a Certificate in Expressive Arts Therapy from Appalachian State University, and a Master of Divinity degree from Southeastern Seminary. Dr. Caldwell's research focuses on the interrelationship of physical and mental functioning, as well as issues of diversity and social justice. She has served on numerous scientific review panels for the National Institutes of Health. She teaches expressive arts therapies to graduate students and Tai Chi Chuan to undergraduate students. This episode is pretty cool. Karen's not only explaining expressive arts, but she's also going to facilitate a 15-minute meditative experience. A word of caution, if you are driving right now, please do not participate in the experience. You can just skip over that part and return to it at another time. Also, there's a lot of language around energy and rays of light. This is the language of this particular meditation. However, feel free to substitute for the words that work best for you. As always, if you're interested, you can find articles and additional information from my website at reesewells.com. And now, Karen Caldwell. Okay, here with Dr. Karen Caldwell, and I'm psyched. Thanks so much for joining us, Karen. It's great to have you on. Yeah, it's good to be here, Reese. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. And just for those listening, some context, uh, Dr. Karen was one of my main teachers when I was in school at Appalachian State University. Um, I was privileged enough to receive my certificate in expressive arts therapy, where she at the time was the certificate director. And so we got to share a bunch of classes together. And I feel really excited to have Karen on and and for her to share her expertise around expressive arts therapy and to actually go through around a 15 minute experience um, in the second half of this podcast. So Karen, thanks so much for taking some time. I know that um, that things are busy right now. And so I'm grateful that you're able to to take, you know, 30 or 45 minutes with me. It's a privilege. Thanks, Reese. Yeah. And, you know, What's cool about this is the fact that we'll be able to do an experiential piece. And I like to kind of keep with the, the structure of the other podcasts I've been doing of just getting some more context around who you are and, and what drew you to the field of mental health counseling. Sure. Well, I, I think I came in through the side door. Um, my undergraduate degree is in music. Um, my master's level training was at a seminary where I was um following a call to ministry. And uh, when I arrived at the seminary, one of the first courses I took was a course in pastoral care, uh, which I had never heard of before. And uh, that's where I was introduced to helping skills and um, Carl Rogers' work in um, non-directive counseling. So I went on and I was a chaplain for a year at uh, University of Virginia Medical Center. And I was just fascinated by the family dynamics. Uh, that I saw playing out in those really intense 
situations. Um, so I applied and was accepted to a doctoral program in marriage and family therapy. And uh, when I finished the doctoral training, I uh, worked with runaway and homeless kids in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, and what I found when I was trying to build relationships with um, those young people, um, and all of them had experienced trauma, uh, and uh, building trust was difficult. So I would just start asking them what kind of things they like to do. Do they like to draw or color? Did they like to dance? Could they show me their dance moves? <laughs> uh, what, had they written any music? I mean, what music did they listen to? And I had no idea that that was um, an actual use of the expressive arts therapy modalities. I was just trying to connect. Um, and it wasn't until I got to Appalachian State University and I met Dr. Sally Atkins, and I was explaining to her what it was that I had done and she said, oh, you've been doing expressive arts therapy. You should train in that. <laughs> so I completed the certificate um, here at App State as well. And um, yeah, so that's how I kind of got into it. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, for, for folks listening, Appalachian State has this really unique history around the expressive arts collective that they formed. Was, was that back in the late 90s? 80s. 80s. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There's this rich history of expressive arts therapies and um, what it means and looks like to pull it into to counseling. Um, for a lot of folks listening, might only have this conception of what talk therapy looks like. And so one of the, the great gifts of, of having you on, Karen, is to explain to us, like, what is expressive arts therapy? What does it look like? Sure. So um, expressive arts therapy is a multimodal use of the arts um, in an integrated way to focus, uh, foster human growth and development. Um, and that can mean imagery, storytelling, drama, dance, music, poetry, movement, dream works, visual arts. I mean, they all, it's, you know, so many different kinds of arts used together in an integrated kind of way um, to uh, help the therapeutic process in some way. And um, so the role of the therapist um, centers on affirming the natural healing processes in the expressive arts are ideal way, I think, to focus on that health and healing rather than um, just a diagnostic or analysis uh, part of therapy. And um, they also uh, um, really help the authentic presence of the therapist. Um, uh, you know, the therapist's work is to bear witness to the whole range of people's um, human experience, the beautiful and the ugly parts, the pain and suffering and joy. So um, uh, the expressive arts process facilitate um, both the client and the therapist to pay close attention to the sensations of the body and what's said, what's not said, what's left unsaid, <laughs> uh, what's said without any kind of an awareness of what's being said. So. Um, it allows a, a way of deepening connection and um, providing a non-judgmental presence and honoring who we are with all of our brightness and our flaws. Um, so clients can feel seen and heard without judgment. Um, and that in and of itself can be very deeply healing. Um, so those are a couple of my thoughts. Yeah. You know, as you're speaking, I was just thinking of how this is also a non-directive approach and in some ways this is an extension of that person-centered lens which 
you you approach counseling work and correct me if i'm wrong but carl rogers his daughter natalie rogers is one of the pioneers of expressive arts therapy and and, and incorporating that into this non-directive person-centered approach yes absolutely she was quite a force of nature um and uh, created something she called the creative connection um it's a really beautiful work yeah. and so with that lens of what expressive arts therapy is, I'm curious to know, what are we going to be doing today? So what I'd like to do today is um, engage listeners in a, about a 15-minute guided meditation and visualization that I learned from one of my Tai Chi teachers, um, a woman named Sis Hager. Um, and it's based on an ancient Chinese energy exercise meditation called body pour breathing. Um, or sometimes it's been called 10,000 rays of light meditation. And so I want to describe what it involves before it is that we actually do the meditation together. And so the, it, the meditation involves becoming settled in a safe place where the body can be still. And then activating the central energetic channel of the body um, by gently drawing up on the bottom of the pelvic girdle during the inhale and then releasing on the exhale. So we've, once we activate that energetic channel, the next step is to use imagination to inhale the bright, pure energy of the universe through the hair pores of the skin and draw that energy into the center of the body on the inhale. And then with the mind and imagination, guide the energy towards the space just behind and below the belly button. Um, if we were doing this as an expressive arts activity, I'd have people pull out their crayons or uh, some kind of way of putting color to paper and I actually draw an outline of their body and whatever posture they'd be in and you know, use color to describe how the body feels at this point. But we, we don't have that um, luxury right now. And uh, I would add a word of caution. So if somebody's listening to this and they're actually driving, don't engage in the visualization. Pay attention to your driving. Um, and I'd also suggest that anything that I say doesn't fit with your circumstances in the moment. Just disregard the suggestion and trust your intuition about what you need. So um, if you're ready, we can start with the visualization, uh, guided imagery. Uh, so when you're in a safe space, uh, getting as comfortable as you can, either sitting or lying down or standing. And the most important thing is to be in a position where the breathing can be easy. So taking a moment to make any adjustments that you need. If you're in a cool room uh, where the temperature is a little cool, you might want to gather a blanket or sweater because as you become still, the body cools down as well. So when you're ready, kind of gently giving your eyes a rest allowing the eyelids to close or your gaze to soften. Letting the sensations of the body come into your awareness. Letting the hands rest comfortably on the body somewhere if you're sitting or lying down. And if it's comfortable for you, letting the body breathe deeply and fully if that feels right. And then exhale deeply and fully, if you can. 
Noticing where in the body, become aware of sensations of breathing. Abdomen, chest, movement of the rib cage, perhaps, or sensations in the nose as the air enters and exits. Having a sense of the outline of the physical form of the body, the outline of the head, the back, the shoulders, arms, hands, chest, abdomen, the outline of the legs, the feet. Focusing in on our human body with no judgment of what's there. As though we can shine a flashlight of awareness on the body, just noticing sensations, if that's comfortable for you. Or if you need to focus on the outside, paying attention to sounds in the room or the outline of the body. And as you become more aware of the sensations of breathing or sounds in the room, activating the central energy channel of the body that connects the top of the head with the bottom of the pelvic girdle. So with your next inhale, drawing gently up on the bottom of the pelvic girdle. And then with the exhale, letting that gentle tension release. over and over again for just a few moments. Gently drawing up on the bottom of the pelvic girdle with inhale. And then letting that gentle tension go with the exhale. Becoming aware that where the mind goes, the energy follows. Smooth. Slow breathing at a pace just right for you. Imagining that you're surrounded by the bright, fresh energy of the universe. Continuing to gently draw in on the bottom of the pelvic girdle with the inhale. Exhale, release. Smooth, slow breathing. Finding a rhythm for your own needs. Imagining that you can inhale the bright, fresh energy of the universe in through every hair pore, gathering the energy into the center of the body, and then gently guiding that energy down with the intention of the mind to the fresh. Deposit the freshness with the exhale into that space just below and behind the belly button, into the belly. Inhaling fresh energy, 
through all of the body cords, exhaling and depositing the fresh energy of the belly. And letting any energetic debris no longer needed by the body just to be dispersed with the breath. Soft and comfortable. Remembering that the energy follows the mind's intention. So imagining that you're breathing in the bright, fresh energy of the universe and then depositing that freshness in the belly. Letting go of any energetic debris no longer needed by the body. Smooth, slow, soft, gentle. Breathing in the bright, fresh energy of the universe through the pores of the skin, filling the energetic space in the belly with that freshness. Sensing the fresh energy flowing in through the pores of the skin and then flowing into the belly. Breathing out toxins or stress. Breathing in happiness and joy. Breathing out excess emotions, stress, or any sickness that may be present. Letting the unbalancing energy evaporate with the exhale. Through the hair, the pores, the skin. Breathing in and out at your own pace. Every breath, just as the body needs. Deep and slow and gentle and even. Noticing, sensing the light, the fresh energy flowing into the belly. Stress and imbalance exhaled out of the body. So relaxed. All the healing energies of the universe. Gentle attention to sensations of the breath, the sounds in the room. Like moving a feather with the breath. Breathing into stillness and peace. Space and time dissolve for a moment as you're surrounded by the fresh, bright, fresh energy of the universe. If it's comfortable for you, letting your awareness settle into the belly for a few more moments. Surrounded by that bright, fresh energy of the universe. When you're ready to bring the meditation to a close, 
gently beginning to stretch, wiggling fingers and toes perhaps, opening your eyes if they can close, noticing your surroundings, ready for the rest of your day to unfold. And you can return to the awareness of the bright, fresh energy of the universe surrounding you at different points of time during your day as it best suits your situation. All back now. Thanks. That was, I feel very fortunate <laughs> to be able to experience that. Thank you. You know, right now I'm feeling more aware of, yeah, my breath and my body. And I was getting goosebumps, imagining energy coming through my hair pores into my body. That was really powerful for me. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to talk a little bit of, around the the why behind this experience like what's what's going on from from your perspective and, and from your years of experience facilitating expressive arts experiences wow what's going on it can be so many different things for so many different people depending on kind of where they are um, but a big part of it is um, uh, helping people develop a sense of mindfulness and awareness um, with the mind kind of having a chance to take a break from all of the rather just um, checking back in with the actual sensations of the body or the sounds in the room. For some people, the body is not a great place to start, but rather the sounds are a great place to start. So checking back in with the senses helps to um, develop that sense of presence and mindfulness that's just so key for good health. Um, and good therapy for that matter. <laughs> um, so developing mindfulness is a really important thing. And um, what I find is that it's a very uh, stress relieving kind of a state of mind to develop um, that uh, place where the body can reestablish its um, homeostasis or balance point. Um, uh, and the intentions that we bring to whatever practice we bring, I mean, can really be very powerful. Um, the power of the mind and imagination to make things happen in the body, you can't underestimate that. Um, and I uh, have a teacher, uh, actually, Sis Hager, my Qigong teacher, um, had this phrase um, when she began teaching, imagination becomes reality. Um, and now that I've been with her for 25 years, she, now she just says, there's no imagination to it. It just is reality. <laughs> so where the mind is, that's, that is the reality and uh, how, we, how we treat ourselves and the gentleness or kindness or non-judgmentalness that we bring to the experiences that we're having can be so healing um, and uh, just a much more peaceful and healthy way to live life. Yeah, as, um, as someone who's taken several of your classes, <laughs> I felt that integrative, um, I guess I felt that integration of who you are and how that informs your 
facilitation of these experiences and, and just your way of being, it, it seems like it's all very um, congruent with your style of counseling, the way that you show up as a professor and facilitating expressive arts. So um, that was, it was really nice to be able to drop back into that space with you and, and I'm grateful for it. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that's how it comes across. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess for, for those who are listening and are curious around <laughs> to learn more around like what that was and what just happened, um, you know, what would you recommend for, for folks who want to learn more? Oh, well, there are so many books on mindfulness now. Um, a lot of meditation is sort of coming to its own, and that can mean so many things. Um, and um, the expressive arts therapy, there are a couple of, I mean, they're just some classic books. Um, I, I really particularly appreciate Sally Atkins' work. And uh, she created a book with um, Herbert Eberhardt, um, German man, uh, called Presence and Process in Expressive Arts work at the edge of wonder. So that one's that's a pretty straightforward read that's a good introduction, I think. Um, but I for just for the mindfulness piece, um, John Cabot Zinn is, you know, was uh, such an important leader in making that um, practice become much more mainstream in the United States. Um, and uh, so uh, anything that he's written, I would strongly recommend as a way to get started. And in terms of guided meditations, um, Bella Ruth Knapperstack. I love her name. <laughs> but Bella Ruth has um, a lovely set of meditations available for purchase online. Um, so you know, she has quite a lot, a real gift for creating imagery that uh, speaks to people's various kinds of conditions. So Belarus Napperstack, that would be, um, those are the names that pop into my head at this point. Cool, thanks. And I'll add those as links um, at the bottom of the webpage to the, where the podcast will post. So that's awesome, Karen, thanks. Um, last question before our, the infamous rapid fire. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, do you have any parting thoughts on this subject? Um, there's, it's been a very rich practice. Um, I've been studying Tai Chi for uh, 25 plus years, and that was actually my introduction to imagery and uh, uh, in movement um, and uh, the power of the intention of the mind and also meditation and um, developmental mindfulness. We didn't call it that when I got started, but now that's what we call it. Um, those are my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, and you know that just reminds me for for those who are still you know new to the concept of expressive arts therapies is just how broad of a net we're casting here. It's like you know it's not just you know <laughs> drawing and painting and writing poetry. It's movement. It's music. It's meditation. It's it's everything. And the beauty of it is this concept of, of layering these experiences together to really deepen into it. And, you know, Karen was mentioning that earlier on, it's like, you know, before doing this guided meditation 
that she facilitated a normal introduction could have been to to draw and use that as a way to to get out of your headspace so that you're able to move a little bit deeper into the to the meditative experience um, so there's there's so much creativity that is possible through expressive arts and it is a wide and exciting world out there that's still in a lot of ways developing and, and we're learning it's, more about it. It's a very young practice uh, in one sense and it, yet it's ancient at the same time. So, I mean, the meditation we just did was, a, I mean, it's, a, it's an ancient practice. Um, and, um, you know, another thing that I would have done if we were in person is I'd have you draw a picture at the end of the meditation, just as a helpful way to reorient uh, what's going on. And it's also so interesting to kind of capture what changes actually in the body as you sit and focus and um, imagine being surrounded by bright, fresh energy and also letting go of the stuff you really don't need anymore. We carry so much. So. Well, well, thanks, Karen, for sharing your time and your expertise. Really happy to have you on here. And to round out our call together, um, just a few rapid fire questions. So what's been your latest Netflix TV binge? I actually don't have a TV. All I've got is YouTube. Um, and so sometimes I'll watch, um, I really like, I, I don't, it's, they're, they're, it has a German title and I'm terrible with do this third tube or something like that. Anyway, it's just all these funny little things that animals and people do. I don't, I don't know the name of that YouTube channel. But anything, if it's got an animal doing silly and funny things, um, that's, that's kind of where my head is these days. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's where a lot of people said <laughs> what's your What's your most played band of 2020? Um, that's my most played band. I, it, I'm studying guided imagery and music. So um, the, the music that I'm listening to is all classical. So I would say something like the Berlin Philharmonic. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'll copy after this for some recommendations. Um, okay, so you're stranded on an island. What book do you bring? Do I have to take a book? <laughs> <laughs> could I could I like just take like some music with me or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I would like to take. Uh, I think I would like to take a Haydn cello sonata. I'm seeing a theme here with the, the classical music. Yeah. Okay, I'm not sure if you're into superheroes, Karen, but if you are, what's your favorite superhero? My favorite superhero? Um, I think, uh, hmm, I guess it's an anti-hero. Um, it's Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> <laughs> I just always love that Brain always wants to take over the world. And Pinky has a way of just sort of clumsily going along with it and making sure that he doesn't. <laughs> Warner Brothers know that they've got a potential market. These superheroes coming out. Marvel better watch out. So this question I really like, um, and you can answer this either as your time as a student or as a professor. What's, what's your most meaningful graduate course? 
oh, wow, you know, that so varies based on who the students are and whether we're connecting or not. Because when we're connecting uh, in the uh, way that teachers and students can connect, it, anything is beautiful at that point. Um, uh, usually an expressive arts course um, would fall in that category. Um, it's easier to create um, emotional connection in that way. But, um, and I mean, I teach an undergraduate Tai Chi class, and so sometimes those are really, the way you get to know people from watching them move and trying to learn something new really can be very touching. Um, just the vulnerability of being human, trying to learn something new with your body, it can be a very uh, touching and enriching experience. Thanks. Okay, last question. And I've, I've asked this every time to folks who I've interviewed. What's one thing you think is worth remembering? The experience of being loved and cared for. Yeah. That's powerful. Okay, thanks so much for your time. I'm really happy to have you on. It's been great talking with you, Reese. So nice to connect. This is the Counseling Connection Podcast. For additional information about expressive arts therapies, including articles and additional reading, as well as information about Dr. Karen Caldwell, you may visit reesewells.com. Copyright by Reese Wells. Music by Alan Lawrence. Artwork by Brady Lawrence.